Welcome to Quirky Gems Podcast. It's great to have you here. Join me, Gem Swallow, every Friday as I talk happiness and living life to the fullest. I talk about what I try and what I come across, along with mindset and motivation, health and fitness. That's Quirky Gems Podcast every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Would you like to advertise here on Quirky Gems Podcast? I've got two packages available for you. The intro package gets you an advert read out right here on Quirky Gems Podcast. You'll get your socials, a website. It's available. You'll also get a link in my link tree. To claim, direct message me on Twitter. It's at Radio Gem, payment via PayPal, £6, available worldwide. So let's get a social package. You get your advert read out right here. Right here on Quacky Gems Podcast, you also get your link available in my Twitter. Every time I drop a new podcast, you will get seen by my followers. You will also get your link in my link tree. How amazing is that? £12 for one month. Payment via PayPal available worldwide. To claim, direct message me on Twitter. It's at Radio Gem. Hello and welcome to Quirky Gems Podcast. I'm Gem Swallow. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Welcome to Cycle 2 of Chemotherapy. What I felt and what mum saw. So as I told suggest, I had my mum with me. Her name's Debbie. She's been on the podcast before. Want to say hi mum? Hi. <laughs> and in this episode, this is something we've talked a lot about as a family like in conversation because it's a big thing and I figured what a way to get it out there and to kind of talk about how we felt about cycle two and how it was different from cycle one so if you're new here I live I don't like to say I have because I don't like really owning it in that way but I live with oral cancer so I have it on my tongue and I also have it in my lymph nodes on my neck, on my left hand side. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Radio Gem. I share pictures and what I call updates to show you the shrinking of it. But yeah, so cycle one, I did an episode about that two episodes back, and I talked about the fact that I had a chemo pump. And that the first cycle, it went all right, didn't it? The first yeah. cycle, there yeah. wasn't too many problems with that. No, it's fine. You was okay. You, you seemed to have a bit more energy as well. You didn't seem so tired. But yeah, fine. So yeah, first, I, you know, I got hooked up. I remember I felt tired, but I got hooked up and I came home and I seemed to be okay. It was a little bit nausea. I found eating to be tough, but show me someone with chemotherapy that doesn't have True. trouble with that. Cycle two, though. Ooh, that was different. It really was. So Very different. I, my treatment, because of where my pod is, they can't operate because obviously it's on my neck, it's on my tongue. And when it showed, it showed up like a patch on my tongue. And apparently, I, I can't remember the wording that they used, but it showed itself a bit too late. I thought, of course it did. I mean, you know, why wouldn't it? So, <laughs> this is my body we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> You're not meant to agree with that, Mum. <laughs> so, the idea was I was going to go through 
three cycles of chemotherapy with a chemo pump. After that, we were going to go with chemo radiotherapy to shrink this little guy and kill it. Cycle one, that was fine. It shrunk a little bit, especially round by my jaw. Yeah, no problem. Everything was fine. My tongue, it flattened. I was able to talk better. I was able to eat better as well. Cycle two, when it begins on... When you start... On the chemo pump, you have it for a week. You spot you go into this place and you have electrolytes like through a saline drip, and then you have an hour's worth of chemotherapy. Then you have another saline drip. So all in all, you have like four hours being hooked up to a machine. And then what happens? They hook the chemo pump up to you, and you ha- you bring that home and you live with it for a week. And then usually on the Friday, a community nurse comes round and removes it. When I was having the chemotherapy at this place I go to, I thought, oh my God, I'm getting nauseous pretty early on, to be honest. I thought, oh, wow. And I think I managed to go the whole morning, or most of the morning, without eating. And as soon as it hit me... This time I thought, oh man, that that really has hit. I mean, whoa, nausea. When I came home, though, that was when the fun started. So the whole point was to shrink it. Now, you have seen a lot more than what I have. I had to deal with, like, the nausea and to deal with, like, the carry around of the pump. I mean, that was fun. Mm-hmm. When I came home, when was it that you started to notice that I was changing? Um, it wasn't while you had the pump on. The pump when the pump was on, you seemed okay. It's when they seemed to take the pump off you, then it all started to happen. It was like very. I don't know. It's like they came round took the pump off on the Friday, the weekend, and then it seemed like you were like I don't know. I was looking at you, and it seemed like from the time they took the pump off on the Friday to like. Like the weekend wasn't too bad, but when it going seems to get to the Monday, you look more. The only way I can describe it is skinnier. Like you look like anorexic, and I thought, wow. And I thought, okay, but you just seem. It kind of knocked you like, and then when we found out that your your bloods were low, it made a lot of sense because when you kind of. When you were getting undressed and I was looking at you, oh my God, you looked like somebody that was trying to starve themselves, like, which I know you never would do, but, and you're not a fat person, but it seemed like your frame, like, looked like an anorexic frame, like, being honest, like, there was no shape to your boobs, your, I don't know, everything seemed to be sticking out, even your face was like, it reminded me of a skeleton. You had shadows underneath your eyes. Your your face looked withdrawn, and I thought, "Oh my god!" And I've never seen you look like that. I mean, you know, I mean, you're thirty five years old, but blimey, I mean, and I thought, "There's something wrong here. This ain't right." But oh man, it was it was a shock to the system. It's weird because in the first lot of the um the cycle, I didn't puke up, but in the second yeah. one, do you remember that morning yeah. when I actually yeah. went to puke? You were fine in the first. That's what I could understand. I mean, literally, we thought if this is going to be like this, is a piece of cake. This is, but oh my god, 
did it come back with a vengeance the second time round? Oh, wow. Was there a time you got scared? Again? Was there like a time when you felt scared? No, it's just I didn't like seeing what I was seeing because chemotherapy shouldn't be doing that to you. I mean, I know you have oral cancer, but my God, I mean, it shouldn't be affecting your your body like that. I mean, literally, you had nothing there. You looked like you were flat as a pancake. Like, there was nothing. It was like looking at you I thought wow I mean I mean and I knew it affected your mood swings and everything but I thought that shouldn't be doing that it was quite scary really was when I had the pump for me I found it a nightmare even washing we don't have a shower so where I have the pick line in which is basically a wire that's inside of my body and it's there so when they do the chemotherapy it goes to where it's supposed to be but the thing is with chemotherapy, it also kills the good cells as well as cancer cells. When I came home with the pump for cycle two, I realised this one was a lot more intense and they give you anti-nausea pills. And I found I couldn't keep them down. As I was taking them, I was heaving them back up. And what I found curious about this is that where I was sleeping, I had to sleep on my side because I was so nauseous. But every morning, without fail, at quarter to three in the morning, I would wake up feeling sick to my stomach, I guess, because overnight, like, your stomach digests, yeah. doesn't it? And I had to keep drinking water. I must have drank, say, a litre, maybe, yeah. of water, just so that I could sleep through the rest of the early hours of the morning and get up at my usual time and have something to eat. But, I don't know, I could not wait for the pump to go. Mm. And it's so weird, because even when I looked down at my body, I was in the bathroom. And I was getting washed, and as I looked down at my body, and I thought, oh my god, what's happened to my body? Literally, like, when you look down, you you can't see what everyone else sees when they look at you. And I thought... Oh my god, as mum mentioned about my boobs, and I realised in my legs as well, my legs, all the fat that makes up like your yep. your upper leg, it, it completely gone, hadn't it? It had, I said you look like an anorexic, you really did, there was nothing, I mean okay, you're not fat, but there weren't nothing on you, like there was no, talk about pinch an inch, I don't think you could do it. <laughs> pinch an inch. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, when people say, oh you know, you can pinch an inch on your body, but... You couldn't do that with you because, like you said, even your legs, they were like little bean poles. There was nothing there. And I thought, oh, my God. But, no, it was, oh, something out, out, something not normal. Really. I found it interesting because I wear tracksuit bottoms. And the tracksuit bottoms that I wear have, like, a drawstring to them. And I realised that I was, t- being, I was actually able to tighten up the drawstring. Yeah. And I thought, oh my god! And even when I wore t-shirts, I looked down and I thought, my nothing there. My body didn't look like the yeah. same. No. I had my GP come over in cycle two, and when he looked at me, and I think he was concerned, but he didn't really mention that. Since I work, no. and he was saying about my mental health, and so he was saying about like one way of getting kind of through this is that maybe concentrate on something that you would otherwise do, like knitting. But even that, 
if I try knitting, because it takes an element of concentration... That's energy. It is, yeah. And it's weird. When you, normally, I have something called chronic fatigue syndrome. So I have energy and I'm able to space it out during the day. Yeah. But when you have this pump that is connected to you and feeding you chemotherapy yeah. constantly, you're yeah. unable to do anything. Literally, it takes everything from you. Yeah. And when you eat, it's weird. I don't know, I guess you get this from like when you're a baby. When you're learning how to eat, you watch how your parents eat. That's how you learn and how you develop. When it came to tea times and snacking, like everybody, so like when everyone comes home, you you might have dinner or tea and then you might snack on, say, crisps or chocolate because you're relaxing and it tastes nice and you might think, yeah, I'll have a packet of crisps or yeah, I'll have a chocolate bar. I didn't tell you this, right? I would watch what you were eating because, to be honest, where I'd lost kind of um, weight, where I'd lost weight, and I wasn't really—I mean, if you got this thing hooked up to you, you don't want to eat. And I had actually spun out where I kind of thought I should be eating, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I was watching you of every snack that you were eating, and I thought okay, normally I might eat a chocolate bar or I might have a cup of tea or I might have a cake or something. And as the time was getting on, I realised I wasn't filling my body with that simply because I couldn't. I felt so nauseous and you don't want to do anything. And I remember I was actually... (laughs) I mean, let's just throw the taboos out the window. I sat on the toilet one night and I was talking to my other half and I said to Jack, I can't do this again. I was sat there, I said to him, I literally, I can't do this again. I feel so whacked out. And it really hit me emotionally, as you might, you know, guess, that you're whacked out because you're fighting this cancer. You have this chemo pump attached and it goes everywhere you go. And I said to Jack, I can't do this. I even said to you, didn't I? I can't do this again. And my instinct was kind of shouting at me, like... No, we can't do this. I had a blood test after they came and removed the pump. I remember the nurse took the pump off of me. And I remember feeling sick. I thought, oh my God. Because when they kind of clean your pick line, you have to flush it and you get like this metallic taste. Basically, you have to make sure that the wire that can, is connected, that it's still able to take liquid. And... I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be sick. And I wanted lemonade. And afterwards, it's weird, it took me two days. And then what happens when the chemo pump comes off? I eat like mad. The only thing I can liken it to is like having a eating disorder where, or a yo-yo diet where you eat or you binge and then you stop. And I couldn't understand why you were doing it. No, it's like we. It was around Christmas and we had tin sweets. Oh, do you mean what did you say the night that I was eating all these sweets? Well, you're like like they were going out of fashion. Like I never know. You were like opening the 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 things. And I mean, literally, I've had about six sweets <laughs> out of f- four tins of sweets, and you were like eating them as if like oh they're ours. You know, get on with them. <laughs> it was like every time I looked at you, you were eating chocolate, and I thought, oh my god, but. That's what you were doing, and and you were eating, eating, you didn't seem to stop, you know? <laughs> you know what's really how it affects your brain, right? We had um, a tin of roses, right? And we both like roses. 
And mum likes the golden barrels in there. They're one of like the, the, you know, like in the tin, you get like the sweets that no one likes. And I thought, okay, if I really have to eat it, I'll eat the sweets that no one likes. I'm not picky. Like at this point, I'll eat anything. Mum was eating the golden barrels. So I thought, if I have to hide them, I will. If I have to take two out or three out, I'll hide them. This is what it was doing to my brain. I was a woman possessed. But I didn't because all I had was two barrels and I left left the rest in there. And I thought, okay, but you carried on eating them. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to stand a chance. So basically you took over eating the bloody sweets. And I thought, oh, fine, thanks for that. What made it worse is we had two of the same, didn't we? Yeah, and even them bloody things you ate as well. And I thought, wow. I mean, you ate it. Oh, I had no chance. And I thought... Oh, wonderful. I kept eating the ones with the nuts in. That was doing my stomach in. I thought, I can't eat them no more. So I turned to my own caramel and I thought, we'll stuff you then. And then you had to eat my caramel, so you had to go out and get me more caramels. And I thought, this is just bloody great. This is, isn't it? I am so sorry. (laughs) No, you're not. Oh, can I borrow... Mum, can I borrow your, your caramel? Yeah, I'll get you some. She's literally bought me two packets since then. Call it guilt or call it love. Oh, <laughs> I thought, bloody hell, she's starting on me caramels now. I thought, it's like a cereal. She used to eat Weetabix, now she's on me Frosties. And I'm thinking, first is me bloody Frosties, now it's me caramels. What's next? I thought, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it literally, like, I was eating from the sweet. I remember I had four, I was eating them. I thought, what is wrong with me? I never do this. No, you be, no. I say it on Twitter that you oh, bought no. me um, a Terry chocolate orange, right? Yeah. And I even tagged um, Dawn French in it, right? Yeah. And I went through it. I was eating a Terry chocolate orange. Was that enough for me? No. no. Now I thought, I can see you eating a dairy milk, dairy milk caramel, and I thought, don't it? Yeah. Oh, Mum, do you mind having a bar of your caramel? No. It was oh gone, and before I knew it, I was like, I could get you some, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, all my things I bloody lie. I thought, why can't you choose something like curly whirlies or something? <laughs> no, because I don't have bleeding caramels in them. I thought, wonderful, wasn't it? I said to Mum, can I have one of your chocolate bars? Yeah. The next day, I felt so guilty. I was fancying this. I thought, how am I supposed to ask mum? Like, mum, I'm fancying your chocolate. I mean, okay, if you're a woman and you're a chocolate lover, you will understand the pain. If someone's after your chocolate, you give them a look as if to say, back up. I don't ask so much in life. I really don't. But Cambridge caramels, I really like. And what is your And curly whirlies. But no, she decided that Cambridge caramels was what I wanted. And I'm thinking, you cow. But hang on, Mum, right? I know what you're going to say. I bet you say, don't give me that. But then again, right? Okay. If if I'm a pregnant, okay. Hold on. I haven't finished yet, right? If I I was pregnant, right? And I was going through cravings, would you deny me? You're not pregnant. Oh, it's got, oh, no, I don't make excuses. You're not pregnant. You can't use that excuse. You're not pregnant, so you can't make that excuse. Yeah. I give her a juice. She did buy me a whole pack today. I give her that. And I, I was down to my last one yesterday. And, I thought, okay. and, and you did buy me a terry chocolate orange yesterday, didn't and you? And Cambridge cream eggs. I didn't know we were keeping score, but okay. <laughs> I put it in there, you know. With this, though... The terry's bloody... Terry's um, things are bloody expensive, I'll tell you. I'm sure that Dawn French would be nodding in agreement. She bloody wouldn't, no. Yeah, hi Dawn, if you're listening. 
days right now we can look back but as this was happening i know about you but i was looking thinking what is going do you remember that day that you cooked to roast and afterwards i wanted a takeaway meal yeah do you remember that that has never happened before well it's like that was it last sunday you had a roast and in the evening you said I'm going to spaghetti bolognese and so you shot one of those and you hit the bloody lot and I thought wow I was sat on my chair right with Jack my other half and I said I'm really craving a spaghetti I had a roast dinner like two hours before you and Jack went yeah. babe if you fancy it have it yeah. I ate it I was watching a movie I was like yeah. oh my god this is so nice yeah. I don't know what I was like my god you can see my stomach expanding I know Yes, it was nice to see it because you was putting the weight back on. But do you know what's weird about it, right? Since going through the weight loss, because you can feel yourself getting lighter, yeah. and you can also, like, you feel the cold more and stuff yeah, like you that. Do. Yeah. But do you know, right? The amount of times I stood in the kitchen and I said to my other half, look, I'm getting fat. Yeah. And I actually like it. Yeah. Because to me, it's like. I've never been one that worries about my weight, no, really. Like none of us do. I've never. It's it's another thing. I've never even been one to step on a pair of scales before, no. and I tell you something. Since this whole experience, is such a lot of pressure keeping your weight up. Yeah, I know, but you shouldn't have to think that way. Cause the... That's one thing that has made this a lot harder. Like when you go up to have a blood test, sometimes when they're gonna start you on treatment, you have to be above a certain level, and you feel like you have to, when your body kind of evens out and you're at your baseline weight. I mean, I'm five foot seven and a half, but and I'm kind of, I think I'm slim. Mm-hmm. People have said I'm slight or whatever, but I'm slim. But what I find curious about it is, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I have to remain at a certain weight. And that has really that. affected me. Yeah, but you don't, because if, if you eat like now, I mean, when you put weight on you need to put when you have the chemo the chemo was the cancer was eating like you away so basically the cancer was taking your fat away you lost weight because you didn't know you had cancer and then even the milkshakes they sent you but the thing is now you're building your 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 body back to what it should be and you're kind of like your um your boobs and your hips and all that are going back to normal your face is going back to normal so everything you're eating because even though you're craving it your body needs it. it's like your blood when it was low you had to eat chocolate to make your blood back up so basically it's it kind of it's like um when you have this chemo it likes it turns your body upside down because you've had it before haven't you yeah because your body doesn't know if, it, if it's coming or going i mean one minute you're kind of eating like going out of fashion then the next minute you're not eating and you don't want to eat and then your body's kind of getting mismixed signals and then you think but now like on an evening when you have like the other day what did you have yesterday you had um a donut ring donut and a cambridge cream eggs I mean, I've never known you to sit there and have the two at the same sort of time. And you have, like, chocolate bars, like, they're going out of fashion, still doing that. But you didn't use... I mean, I know you like chocolate, but you never used to eat that much chocolate. I mean, it's like... I hardly see you eat bread and jam anymore. When you used to have toast or like that of a weekend, never hardly see you eat that. And you seem to be in a sack in a groove with spaghetti bolognese and sausages. Mm-hmm. It always seems to be them two things, nothing different. 
I mean, you used to have these chicken things. You don't eat them no more. Um, or even burgers. You don't eat them no more. You know what I mean? And I think, oh. It's like after cycle one, I kept cra- craving KFC. Yeah, I know you did. It was like, oh, my God. Literally, I couldn't get enough of no, that. No, I know you couldn't. But it just seems now it's spaghetti. If it's not spaghetti, it's sausages. And it's usually with veg and mash and gravy, which is a weird thing because you've never really... You've not been a lover of sausages, but for some reason this last month you have been, mm. you know, and I think, wow, I mean, no burgers, you know, nothing different, no chips or nothing like that, or like you don't have sausage, chips and beans or something like that. You'd rather have like veg, sausages, mash and gravy, which I think, oh, maybe it's a comforting thing. I don't know. It's like um, bananas. Before, yeah. I was under the impression I couldn't have bananas because they were a migraine sugar. But it's like yesterday, I was sat there, I had one banana in lunchtime, so I had a banana sandwich, right? But the banana was too big, so I had to cut it in half, have yeah. it half in a sandwich and half half to eat. Yeah. And then I had one when you guys came home, and then I had another one, and Jack went, that's your third banana. I was like, I know. But it's like Milky Bar, can't get enough of them. And Muller Corner Yogurts as well. Yeah. The peach and apricot ones. Yeah, must be a certain thing or something in them that your body likes, I suppose. But the weird thing about it is, I seem to be aiming for healthier food. Mm, true, but then again, you, you've not been unhealthy. I mean, you know, I've never known, like, I can't about you, you're not unhealthy. I think you just eat what your body wants, and that, that's what you do. I mean, if you fancy something, you eat it, you know? I think for me, this cycle's been hard on my mental health because yeah. you've got... It's like when people usually write before... This, I mean, this has been three months of intense appointments and people asking you questions in another experience that you wouldn't have. Right. Like, for example, um, someone might ask you, are you eating? And you think, no one's ever asked me that before. And it's kind of invasive because you're like, it yeah. Is. It's your body. It's like, yeah, I eat like a horse. Like, literally, yeah. no chocolate bar is safe. No, I mean, I eat three square meals a day plus I snack. Yeah. And I think I'm judged by how I look. No, I think the hospital judges you by how you look. And it really plays an effect on me. You're in a bubble, that's why. That's where they are. You're not in a bubble when you're at home. You're normal. That's one thing, though, with this. It's like when I can't... I remember in the consultation I had recently, I said, I can't help the way I look. Like, I can't help my height and I can't help my weight. Like, people put on weight... Usually because they eat outside their normal time, so they eat the wrong kind of stuff and they don't exercise. For me, I like to exercise, and if I overeat, like everybody else, you end up being sick, don't you? Or you get a stomachache. Or you get a stomachache. But what I have found, one of the key things I found that have really affected me is the... I mean, it's like you guys. like You and Jack have said about how I look. I can't see me unless I look in the mirror. And like you, you can see the pod on my neck and you can say whether it's shrinking or not, right? For me, I can tell how I feel and also like mentally. But when you have people that are constantly kind of like, oh, are you eating or are you doing this? For me, I don't know why it's having a um, a negative effect on mental health because it's not something I focused on before. And I don't think it's a healthy way of looking at life. It's not a healthy way of looking at it, not at all, no. But like I said, I don't know why they do it, you know? I mean, like I said, you only go up there for chemo when you did. Go up there to have, which you haven't had a scan, but go up there for a blood test. That's it. I mean, they're not your keepers, you know what I mean? I mean, 
It's not normal. It really isn't. I think after Cycle 2, I made, and I did um, an episode, the previous one where I talked about instinct, and I realised I have boundaries. Yeah. I, with this, I have set new boundaries. It's not yeah. my mental health. Yeah. It's like today, I was saying to Jack about, I feel like I have to be okay constantly. No. Because you have to get to the next appointment, next appointment. And to be yeah. honest, my mental health has really struggled the last yeah, two days. If you, don't, if, you're, if you don't feel well, then you don't go to the appointment. That's how it goes. They've got they've got to respect that. You know? With cycle two, to be honest, in my headspace, I have thought I would rather die than keep going on I like know you this. Did. Yeah, I know. And think like at least that way, I would be in peace. Mm, I know. And be out of it. I know. But it's weird because. When you come down to, like, the brass tacks of it, and when you come down to, like, the important thing, I'm doing all of this because of the pod. I don't even know if I still have cancer on my tongue, no. right? But the pod, everyone can see. Yeah. When I go out, I cover it up. But one thing that I have learned, and it's something that for me is, like, I know, I'm kind of, like, stepping out of my comfort zone. More and more people are seeing me without a scarf on. And in this like I say about it, I think I've only had two people say, "Oh my god, that's big," but you think it's been bigger, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <Like> her. <laughs> Not to brag. <laughs> I think, like I said before, it's because you've got a slim neck, and that's what the problem is. When you have a slim neck, things kind of stick out more. If you get my meaning, like. I've got a slim neck and I had a spot on my neck and a couple of people kept looking at my spot. If you had a fat neck, they wouldn't tell a notice of you. But because you've got a thin neck, that's what it is. It's weird though, I think because I'm aware of it, like, you know, I know it's there, but I can't see it. No. But I thought we lived in a time now where it's kind of like, even if you see something, you don't make a comment on it. No. You just keep no. to your own business, you know? comments, they just stare at you. But you know why they're staring at you. Yeah. And you think, okay, you know, but they don't ask you, they just stare. And they probably think, why she got that on her neck? But they don't think, they probably don't even realise that you got cancer. One thing I find fascinating, though, is my skin tone. So, as I look, or the light catches me, you can't actually see it. No. That's what I like about it, mm-hmm. is that where my skin tone's quite light, I mean, I have referred to myself as a milk bottle before. <laughs> You know, in the summer I'm vanilla, but you know, <laughs> but where like my skin on my neck is quite um, pale or light, yeah, fair, yeah, fair, I'm fair, fair skins, skin. yeah. But with certain ways that like I turn my head, you can't see it, no. and it has shrunk. Yeah, I keep telling you that. Yeah, it has. but I think with me because I can't see it, I'm having to deal with like the mental aspect of it. Mm, I know what you mean. Sometimes you can overdo it. And drive yourself crazy. You can, but I think I'm trying. To, it's like with cycle two. I noticed that when I was sat there, you know, like there's a bay where you sit in and you can see other people having chemotherapy. Yeah. I'm trying to do it moving forward, trying to protect my head and my mental health, and then maybe listen to like a podcast or listen to an audio book mm. to kind of drown that out. Yeah. But when you don't have much energy, it's very hard to do. Mm. True. But one good thing now you've had a a rest for it from a month, your body's getting back to normal, like, you're more you now. One thing I found hard, though, where I've had a rest for it for one month, it makes it harder to want to continue. But then again, I don't think it's going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. 
I think it's because I don't have anything to compare it to. No, but I just don't think you're going to get the same effect because you ain't going to have the pump on and you ain't going to be as bad as you were because they know how you feel and you told them. So after cycle two, like when I started to get my body back, I also decided to use CBD cream. And that's been something... I think that's made more of a difference than the chemo. Excuse the pun, you've made more of a hole in you. Like more... It's done more for you than chemo's done for you. Yeah. It's shrunk it. It's changed shape. You can see your lymph nodes. So all the things that you didn't have before, you can see it. Mm. And it has shrunk. And like I said, every day you see like another little lymph node. And it's like, you look think, oh. And like every single day, literally every day, it changes shape. And you see, you think, oh, another lymph node. Oh, it's changed shape. So one day isn't the same as the next day, which is weird, but that's where it goes. So what's been happening is that um, I've actually decided that, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I was supposed to have three cycles of chemo. In the second cycle, towards the end, when I had a blood test, I was then told that my, my bloods were too low and it was unsafe to go forward. Yeah. And to be honest, when this takes come through, I was like... You were relieved. I really was. I te- was happy, very happy. I've never seen her so excited, yes. Because I could actually get a break. Yes. I could come up for air. Yeah, you could. And I mean, we've had that now for a month and it's been nice for her not to go to appointments. Um, okay, she went for a blood test and she went to one to see her consultant, but had one blood test. She've had no scans, which I think is really bad. But I mean, the last scan she had was, well, cool. And your first one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that's really bad. Yeah. But it's been a month since you've had nothing. Actually, it's been three months. Oh, three months. Yeah. Yeah, so that's quite bad. So we kind of, as Jack would put it, you're in, like, we're fighting in the dark because we don't actually know what yeah. the chemo has and hasn't killed. Yeah. But for me, I made the decision that instead of continuing with chemo, my decision was that I wanted to do chemo and radiotherapy. However, Jack made, like, the, Jack made the right kind of, well, he had an idea of instead, why don't we see what the x-ray comes back like, see what we're working with, and then see, we might have two options. We could have the chemo radiotherapy. Mm-hmm. To me, that still fills me a bit with dread because when I think of chemo, I feel sick mm-hmm. because of what it did to me. I understand. And you know what, when you've gone, like, you know, like when you've done something, you don't like it, you think, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. In my head, it's like, no, even thinking about it now, I yeah. literally feel sick. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like, sick to my stomach. But then again, it might not work out that way, because like you said, you don't really want it, so you told them that you don't want it, and you'd rather have radiation, so hopefully you'll have that instead of the chemo. Well, if that happens, I will be happy. Yeah. Like, I think I can take just chemotherapy, but what it comes down to is whether or not... I, if I have um, cancer on my tongue, which I, I think it's all gone, actually. Well, you can whistle. I mean, you're talking. Go on, say about the singing. Go on, go on, go on. Every and time. Yeah, so, I mean, you can do all the things that you used to do now, so, and it doesn't hurt. No. And it's not red anymore. So, yeah. Know, something must be happening. So, I'm hoping moving forward, if I can do, like, radiotherapy, it kind of puts it into context so I look in the mirror. Yeah. And so, when I look at the pod and I think, right... I don't think there's long to go now. No. And also, I want to do other things. Like, like when I did, like, the mood board, like, the vision board episode, 
I wanted to drive him. Yeah. You know, I want to do yeah. life. And I keep saying to Jack, I feel like I'm here just to suffer. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm here just to pump me full of drugs. And it's like, it's so hard. Yeah. And I think now, the last few days, the lesson I'm learning is that to respect your emotions. Like, yeah. you can't hurry them. If you're feeling them, you've got to sit there and feel them. Yeah. And it's okay to. And, yeah, so it's like... At the moment, I'm waiting on going up for a scan, and then after that, we'll know more, mm-hmm. won't we? Yeah. How do you think it's going to be? Do you have a good feeling about it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've got to respect your wishes, so I think once you're on radiation, I think you'll be fine. But like you said, I just think, like you said, they're in a bit of a bubble up there. They're not like, when you're home, you're completely normal because you're at home, do what you got to do. And But when you're up the hospital, it seems like, appointments 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 but it's been nice not to see you have to go up there every day and have chemotherapy and have the 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 you know walk around with the chemotherapy pump so yeah i mean i think i think things have changed i really do well we can only hope can't we yes we can but these are things that i've learned i might do an episode on it we'll see how i feel um because going into depends on what the treatment's like I might be able to... I've been doing two episodes the last two weeks because I've had a lot to talk about and I've had the time and space to do it. Mm -hmm. But moving forward, I might only be able to bring back one out. So we'll see how it goes. So I'm Jem. I'm Deb. (laughs) And you've been listening to Cycle 2 of Chemotherapy, what I felt and what mum saw. This is Quirky Gems Podcast. I'm Gemma Swallow, and hopefully I will catch you next week with another episode. Same time next week, yeah? Should we bring biscuits? I actually got some custard cream today, Mum. I've been fancying them. Oh, some people don't know they're born, do they? Shut up. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener, I hope you'll go back over my back catalogue and have fun listening. Until next time, thank you so much. And Mum, thanks Bye. for... Thanks for coming on the microphone with me again. You're welcome. Thanks for making me laugh. You're welcome. Love ya. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you again next week. Reissued with the permission of his family. All proceeds from the late Stephen Kelliger's book to Bangladesh and Back are being donated to the Stroke Association. This book you're about to read is a day-to-day account of the things I did the things I ate, but most of all, the people I met when I went to Bangladesh for a holiday. Available in paperback, in Amazon, and on Gems Linktree. Do you have a logo for your business that you'd love to turn into stickers? Maybe you're looking for snap tag and share stickers to really connect with your customers? We can help at Cosmic CLP. Stickers is what we do best. The fast turnaround, easy to use website and speedy delivery. Want custom stickers? Think Cosmic CLP. CosmicCLP.co.uk Get involved on Twitter. It's at Radio Gem.